Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Here's Michael at the foul line. A shot on Elo. Good! The Bulls win it! They win it! Pippen runs down the lane. Dumps it out the horse. Paxson for three! Yeah! Rose crosses over the fadeaway. Got it! Let me step back and kiss myself! Oh my MVP time! the City Assassin does it again! All right, Bulls are back on the court. They've made a couple signings. Didn't necessarily do what we thought they'd do. They didn't go into the buyout market after all. They stayed in-house. But we did get some bad news on Patrick Williams and his injury, which could have an impact long-term as well. We're going to dive into it on today's episode of Believe in Bulls here on the Believe Network, presented by BetOnline.ag. I'm your host, Nick Schultz, alongside my partner, former Bulls bench pop member and Tennessee ball, C.J. Watson. C.J., we were talking before we started. This team feels kind of there. They're just kind of stuck in the middle, but it's going to probably get them to the play-in tournament, even with a pretty big injury that just came up. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the goal that we expected them to be in the play-in tournament. So, you know, uh, I guess all is well, the ends well. Uh, everything is good on that part, but besides the injury to Patrick Williams, which uh, is a huge blow to the team. Yeah, Arturis's goal was to get to the play-in. So clearly they're meeting that expectation. But yeah, Patrick Williams' injury... Not good news at all. We're going to tell you a timeline, uh, what it could mean in its free agency, all that after I tell you about our great sponsor, betonline.ag. BetOnline continues to be your number one source for all your basketball wagering needs, including pro and college hoops throughout the year. With up-to-the-minutes, odd stats, trends, you can follow your favorite team's path to playoffs with in-game live betting contests and all the best player props. Experience the world's best wagering platform anytime from your desktop or your mobile devices. Head to Bet Online today to become part of the team. And remember, use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's B L E A V. Get that 50% bonus at Bet Online. It's where the game starts. It's almost March, people. Use that promo code B L E A V. It is almost March. It's getting fun in college hoops. Also, don't forget, we have an official t shirt of our show, Jordan Pippen 98, The Last Dance, exclusively at shop.believe.com. There's a lot of great stuff there to support the shows on the network, but to support our program. Jordan Pippen, I need the last dance campaign style t-shirt just in time for election season. Shop.bleed.com links in my social media bios. All right. We're going to start with this Patrick Williams situation. We know he's been dealing with the foot injury, foot edema is the proper term, which I Googled literally before we started recording and it's swelling, but they also found a fracture as he was ramping up. So he's undergoing surgery and he's done for the year. That is just absolutely brutal for Patrick Williams to have yet another season-ending injury yeah it's tough uh, i mean uh, injuries take the best of our players um you know uh, especially with me playing with derrick rose seeing how injuries impacted his uh his career um but definitely you want to just you know wish uh patrick williams a safe and healthy recovery and hopefully he comes back but it just sucks for him to be in his contract year and you know injuries like this to happen and then be done for the whole year yeah they didn't pick up his option the bulls didn't so it's been kind of a kind of a prove it year in a way and uh yeah. He's been going through career year, 10 points a game, 3.9 rebounds a game is a little lower than usual, but 10 points a game, he's been scoring at a high level. So he he's looked good when he's played, but now the best ability is availability. And yeah. now, that, now that he's out, someone else has to step up in the long term now the rest of the way. 
Yeah, definitely for sure. You know, uh, one man down needs the next man up, and uh, definitely uh, this team has to pick it up in, in, in a big way, especially if they want to be in that uh, playing tournament and then maybe even go further than that. So definitely, you know, someone else has to step up and figure out, uh, you know, what's, what's happening. Yeah, I thought they'd go in the buyout market. We talked about that last week, the other day, when uh, when Patrick Williams was out, Tory Craig's hurt. We were wondering, are they going to go in the buyout market, get some size? They didn't more on that in a second. But now we got to get into like the big picture here with Patrick Williams and the contract here and restricted free agency coming up. You got a decision to make. Do you take the risk on him? The fact that he hasn't, he played a full season last year, I believe. But he, through four years, he's played one full season. Right. Do you match an offer if someone brings it? Or do you let him walk and just take the, I think there's a compensation that comes back because it's restricted yeah. free agency. I forget how all that works. Either way, um, you got a decision to make. Yeah, I definitely think it all depends on what you do with Demar. You know, if you let Demar walk, or if you uh, decide to keep Demar. I think you know, if you decide to let Demar walk, uh, definitely you want to try and keep uh, Patrick Williams because you know what he brings to the table. Um, and then you know, you know, hopefully you want him to continue to get better and better. But uh, I definitely think if you do keep Demar, then maybe uh, you try to weigh your options and see. Uh, but I think you know, front office is definitely going to have a, a tough job this summer. It reminds me a little bit of when Zach went into restricted free agency. This was a few years ago, and I think it was Sacramento. Sacramento made him the offer. The Bulls matched it, brought him back. And it was kind of similar because Zach had the injury issues. When they made the trade, he was coming off the tour in ACL. So you have that information. Zach Patrick Williams dealing with the, the elbow, and now he got the foot. It's, it's just a lot here, and he hasn't shown – like he can be that he's shown flashes that yeah. he can be that guy, but he hasn't taken the leap that we wanted him to take. So now that adds to your decision of restricted free agency here. What do you do if someone makes an offer? Right. I, I don't know. I don't know what I do. Yeah, yeah, me neither. I think also maybe he hasn't taken that leap because you know he's had he has two stars in front of him at the kind of same wing position in Zach and Demar. Well, and really, you know, both of them have not. Uh, been out a lineup, but it's either been one or the other, and then you know you still have to defer to that superstar. So it's definitely hard. I, I feel like coming from a player's perspective in that case, uh, for him to take that leap. But you know, I def definitely think they've seen, like you said, flashes, and uh, you know. But like I said, it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough decision to to decide and make, especially with him, you know, being injured for the rest of the year. Oh, and I've been outspoken too about his development process with the roster makeup. It hasn't yeah. been conducive yeah. to yeah. developing a guy because I mean, we heard Kawhi Leonard comparisons. Right. Patrick Williams. It hasn't been the proper setup for that because you've got a couple of those ball dominant guys in Zach and Demar. Right. But it, it's it comes down to you put yourself in that spot. So now do you continue investing? So I I'm glad I'm not making this call because I'm <laughs> genuinely I'm I'm torn. I don't know. Yeah. I, I see arguments both ways here, and I don't want to. I I don't like mixing sports references, but I'm going to do it here because it's been the big topic of conversation. Has Justin Fields shown enough to warrant building around? It's not. Patrick Williams is not the num the guy in that right. situation, but it's a similar conversation you have to have in terms of you have to show one up to get paid. Yeah. Like it, it's very similar way of thinking. It's apples and oranges, but it's not. It's kind of what I'm trying to say. No, yeah, like, no, no. I, I agree 100. It's definitely you know has he shown enough to to deserve that max contract that he wants or that that you even want to try and give him. So. Yeah, and I don't even know what a value is on him, to be honest with you. I don't know what yeah. numbers thrown out there. Nothing. Right. Yeah, it's, it's going to be tough, like I said. Uh, but 
they're going to have a tough job on their hands to decide if he's someone they want to keep to build with the future and maybe pair with like a Kobe White or, you know, somebody like that. Yeah, because the defense, you know what you're getting. You know yeah. exactly what you're going to get on the defensive side of the ball. It, it's a matter of the scoring hasn't been there. And the two-way the two way ability, he can shoot the three, but the consistency right. has been lacking. And I, I, the season-ending injury just makes it that much tougher to figure out what's next. And I hope he could, no matter what happens, I hope he comes out okay, because I love the kid. Like, yeah, you yeah. got to remember, too, he's only 22 years old. Like, he's right. still super young. There are kids playing in college right now that are older than him. Yeah, yeah, like, that's crazy, right? <laughs> it, yeah, it's that's the way things are going right now. Like he is, he is twenty-two, so you got that factor in there when it comes time to pay him and looking at his development. So that's right. probably the biggest thing. But besides what happens with Zach, number two is what happens with Patrick Williams. I think is probably because I think Demar's coming back. Yeah, uh, yeah just yeah. kind of reading the tea leaves, the way people are talking. It sounds like both sides want it to happen. It sounds like it will happen. Right. Then the next big domino is. Patrick Williams at that point. Yeah. And definitely then do you want to, you know, how are you going to restructure this, this roster? Are they going to make it better? Or are they going to continue just to stay, stay mid as we would say? Um, but then, or are they going to make it better and try to, you know, give Billy Donovan a better, you know, uh, experiment to, to use on the court. Uh, I wish they wouldn't keep giving him experiments, but it's like <laughs> right now, cause it feels like it just a, right now, this experiment has failed. Yeah. But they keep doing it. And right. the way you know they're still doing it is they didn't bring in anybody outside to come in the last couple of years. I mean, they brought in Patrick Beverly last year was the big one from the buyout market. And instead of going to the buyout market this year, they're converting honor out. I, I found, I found how to pronounce his name. Honor out bit team was a two way <laughs> player from Turkey. He played six minutes in the NBA and the Bulls said, we're going to convert his contract to a multi-year guaranteed NBA contract. So now he takes that last roster spot. Right. No Danilo Gallinari, no Marcus Morris. You're not going to address the power forward spot. We're going to sign the 6'6 small forward who can shoot, which we said they need more shooting. That's a good, if you're going to use your resources, if you're not going to use it for a four, right. use it for a guy who can shoot. But it still goes back to what I was saying a couple weeks ago. They're operating like a team that's building for the future, but they don't have a future. Right, yeah, and I think I definitely think it's uh you know they're probably just complacent right now. They know that they're this roster isn't gonna get it done. They know that they're you know the best they can probably do is get a playing uh, playing uh, game and then also maybe get that A spot and you know get swept in the first round, which they're fine with. Uh, but I definitely think this the front office is just too complacent right now. Maybe they're maybe they're gonna shake things up in the summertime and make some big splash moves and then they can you know really uh, you know get back to say hey we're trying to get to that back to that championship contender and win championships. But right now they're just, you know, uh, they're okay with being, you know, being mid. Well, and Arturis did a lot of his work when he was hired in the summertime. That was when yep. he made the DeMar move, the Lonzo move, the Caruso move, which I, we do need to give the flowers for the Caruso move, by the way. Everyone talks about the Lonzo failure, myself included, the DeMar failure. Not really failure, but you haven't won a playoff game. So you can like, yeah. they kind of overpaid for DeMar. Right. The Caruso move was fantastic. That happened over the summer as well. And he said he doesn't like doing stuff at the deadline because it doesn't make you better, which I still very much disagree with. <laughs> but over the summer, it feels like you can have that freedom because, okay, you've got an 82-game sample here. But this year's draft isn't great. Now you can look at what who wants to move talent. What The big one I'm looking at, what, what are the Warriors going to do? Yeah. Like, whatever they decide to do with their free agent situations with the bulls, free agent situations. Like it feels like it could be an active summer 
and I, I think I like where you're going with the complacent term. It just feels like they're kind of stuck where they have to just do the little moves right now yeah. just to fill all the boxes. Yeah, I feel like they're just getting by, you know, and uh, like yeah. I said, there's no, there's no really probably push from ownership saying like, hey, we got to win championships. We have to compete right now. Uh, you know, like I said, they're probably just fine with getting in the playing tournament in the playoffs. But like I said, you know, Bulls fans, I'm sure, you know, I don't I can't speak for all Bulls fans, but I know they're used to championships and, and you know, going deep in the playoffs and having big major runs. And like I said, contending. And then, like I said, when that city is good, when the Bulls are good, the whole city is on fire. Let me put it to you this way. <laughs> my, my birthday is July of 98 in June of 98 was when they last won a championship. Right. So I hope I didn't make you feel too old there. Although no, that may didn't. or may not have, that may or may not have been my goal, but right. that puts into perspective how long it's been. Yeah. And the last run they made was when you and Derek were there. Like, yeah. That was I, 10, 11, yeah. Yeah. When Tibbs was coaching. That's why right. I so that's why I still am so nostalgic about Tibbs is because that was the last yeah. team to make a run in the playoffs. Right, yeah. The team in 17 with the three alphas would have made a run if Rondo didn't get hurt. Yeah. But the fact that we're saying if Rondo didn't get hurt tells you all you need to know about that team's hopes. Right. It feels like they had the commitment when our tourists came in and overhauled everything. The Lonzo injury derailed it all, and they can lean on that all they want. They didn't right. do anything to address it. Yeah, yeah. So it's been a lot of front office failures over the last three years. Yeah, I think, you know, uh, I'm sure a lot of the fans, I don't really read what a lot of the fans say, but I've heard. I read too the, much. A lot of the fans, you know, don't like the front offices, even when, like, when, when I was there, when Gar and Pax were in charge of the front office. But I think, you know, it's definitely just been a little more consistency, you know, in, in some some front offices than others. And I think that's where you got to you gotta build the build the stance at when your front office demands a lot and demands more and demands no deep playoff runs or demands championships. That's what you're going to get when they're just complacent. That's what you get on the court also. So I think it all trickles down. Well, let me tell you, I got my thoughts on guard packs too. We've talked about that. <laughs> we talked about that, but it's it, right. The honeymoon phase for our tourists ended quickly. And that was yeah. because Lon when Lonzo got hurt, they were the number one seat, but you got to, you've got to replace. And I know the, it hasn't been a linear path of, yeah, he got hurt. We knew he was going to be out for how long has it been? Two whole years? Yeah. Is it two full years? I think two or three. Either way, how I'm trying to think how long it's been since I went to Vegas the first time. It's been two years because that was when it happened. I love telling that story. <laughs> and since then, it hasn't been like, okay, we know he's going to be out this whole time. It's been, well, he might come back here. Well, he might come back here. He might go back here. Setback after setback after setback. There was no way to address it. And now you have to convert guys like Honorout Patin to fill your roster spot because you won't go into the luxury tax. So you back, it's, it's like they backed themselves into a corner. And now the moves we're talking about are not, I don't think, I don't think owner up a team gets you over the hump into the playoffs. You're stuck in the play in. That's my right, whole yeah, point. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And everything, every move they make is definitely going to be in a microscope now since, you know, he doesn't like making moves at the trade deadline when you need certain pieces to really fulfill and help this roster. So definitely everything's going to be, you know, taken out of context, maybe, you know, even now and then probably into the future also. Yeah, and now you got honor up the team's a multi-year deal. So get to, let's get to know this guy. <laughs> yeah, we, he put, yeah. yeah, we I mean we gotta get to know him now. He's a, he's on a multi-year contract. This isn't just a little two-way stash now. This guy's part of the team, right. even though we didn't play against New Orleans, which right. we're gonna sign him to. I don't know if there was a getting him from Windy City. I don't know what the factors were in that, but 
I okay. Fourteen point two points, three point six rebounds, three and a half assists, and thirty point thirty point one minutes per game with Windy City in the G League. Now, here's the number that stands out to me: forty one and a half percent shooter, thirty six percent from three. This is a guy who could shoot. So yeah. you filled a need. I'm fine. It's not like you promoted a guy who's gonna just play defense and just not gonna be able to shoot, which is my right. style of play. You got a guy who's gonna come in here shooting thirty six percent from three. He's a forty percent shooter. So how do you work him into the rotation is next. Right. Yeah, definitely for sure. And I definitely think uh, I'm glad they signed him and, and, and that he can shoot too, because they definitely need that part of their, uh, on their offense. But, you know, uh, definitely want to see him get out there and see what he does and see how he helps his team and see if this was a, you know, a good signing or not. Well, and the thing too, about adding his shooting ability, I'm looking at the Pelicans box score from Sunday night. And what stands out about this game among Many things, by the way, is <laughs> Kobe White going five for 18 from the field, yeah. two for nine for three. He didn't have it. When Kobe White doesn't have it, someone else has to step up and take that. Guess what? Zach's out for the year. Guess what? Patrick Williams is out for the year. Those are two of your better three-point shooters. Right. And then on our upper team, and again, I don't know if there was an issue because it was a away game with the timing of the conversion. Does Was there an issue getting it from Windy City? Because he, he did not play coach's decision is why yeah. this guy didn't play, even though he just – you just convert into a multi-year deal. You think he'd be getting he'd be getting minutes. So yeah. now you got to work all this in, and he'd be a great option to have if Kobe's having a bad night. Yeah, I think it's probably gonna be baby steps with him, maybe just to see him get into the rotation and stuff like that. Um, you know, Could be. maybe some practice time here and there. But uh, yeah, definitely, definitely want to see him out there though. Yeah, and I mean, someone else has to step up. Is my I mean, look at Julian Phillips. He played just a couple minutes. It might have been garbage time. Like I. I only yeah. caught a little bit of the game. I was watching the Blackhawks because I was a little little nostalgic on Sunday with Chris Chelios' jersey retirement and Patrick Kane coming back playing for the Red Wings, which don't even don't get me started mm-hmm. on how weird that is. Right. Yeah, <laughs> at least it's not St. Louis is all I'm going right. to say. But I'm just looking at this box score and the shooting needed help. So promote. I'm I'm all for it promoting the team. Like I think it's it's fine. Does it get you to contention or does it get you another couple wins? Right. I don't think so. Am I am I being too harsh? No, I don't think you're being too harsh. I also, also think maybe from the business side also it might have cost them more to sign like a Danilo Gallinari or a Marcus uh, Morris. I don't know. But, you know, you know, they're always looking to, you know, the numbers part of it and the business side of it. So got to look at it from that aspect too, I think, uh, which is probably a big reason why maybe they don't make decisions at trade deadline or in signing one in the, in the buyout market. Hey, all for making the play-in. All for making the play-in. That's all we're trying for, I guess. It's all the mid-off. I don't know. Uh, but that that was the big move. And then to fill the the two-way spot. So the way the, the way this all works for people who aren't freaks like me and people who haven't played like you, the two-way spots are the guys who can split time with the big club. By converting on or out the team, you got to fill that spot. Well, the Bulls brought in a guy named Andrew Funk. Played at Penn State last year. I, co- I covered him at Penn State. He was with the Nuggets G League team. The Bulls just signed his rights. He's going to split time with the Bulls and Windy City. He's a good scorer. Andrew Funk, as he started his career at Bucknell, played a year at Penn State, went undrafted. He was a 40% three-point shooter in college. So they're clearly investing in shooting with their younger and developmental guys. And with Denver's G League team, 13 points, 3.4 rebounds, 3.5 assists, and 37 minutes per game. This guy's playing heavy minutes, too. Yeah. So 
that's another part of this developmental process. And that's where this new shooting coach we heard so much about. And we're still, I guess he's making a difference. Look at IO's numbers. Right. Like you're, you're putting a lot of pressure on your development guys to let's bring these guys up and bring in some shooting to this team. Yeah. And I think that's what you want to do, especially, you know, with a team like the bulls, see what you got first in-house. And then if you don't have anything, uh, you know, there, you know, and nothing you can build on, then definitely summertime, you try to go out on free agency and, 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 you know, reshape this roster. Yeah, I don't think I could be very I could be way off on this because we know how guys who come from the G League can be with the big yeah. club, and we know what we you know a couple things about that. Yeah. Right now, <laughs> on the surface, these aren't needle moving moves, but depending on right. how they shake out, depending on your development staff, yeah, that could that could all very well change. But those those are the big moves of the week, if you want to call them yeah. big moves. And now it feels like we're done, we're 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 done for the rest of the year in terms of roster moves because every roster spot's filled now. I just. Right, yeah. I'd have gone into the buyout market. I mean, I don't. I could not. I'd have a hard time seeing Marcus Morris or Danilo Gallinari costing 1.7 million for the rest of the year. Right. But I'm not in that room. So yeah. Congrats for, on the play-in. Congrats on making the play-in. I guess. Yeah, you know, you never, you never know. You can find a diamond in the rough, like you said, in uh, in the G League, and definitely, hopefully, one of these guys can turn out to be one of those guys that they can develop and maybe you know get turn into a rotational player next year. Yeah, we'll we'll see. Depends on how a lot of things shake out over the summer and everything. But hey, the play-in hopes are alive and well, according to our friends at Bet Online. The Bulls are minus two thousand to make the play-in tournament. So let's just go ahead and hang the banner. It's done. <laughs> we're hanging the banner. They're making. They're going to make the play-in. I think they got a really. They got a couple game advantage on Atlanta in the standings, and that I I think that's going to grow because Trey Young is having surgery. Right. Finger. Something with his hand. He's going to be reevaluated in four weeks. Bulls are up two games on Atlanta right now as the ninth seed. So that bodes well if you're our tourists and co. That Atlanta's best player just went down. Yeah. I'm looking ahead to the play in already, I guess. Yeah, I think so too. But you know, you got to keep your eye on Atlanta because they're definitely, you know, still a tough team. DeJounte Murray is still, is still hooping right now. Uh, just like last night, he carried DeJounte. that last night. Yeah, he carried him last night and got a win without Trey Young. So he, he's definitely probably looking at this like, hey, this is time for me to shine. But the Bulls got to take every advantage of every opportunity right now because every game matters, every game counts. And especially when you have a, a team with their star player down, you know, you want to try to get that that game advantage of them. Uh, so you want to keep it, you know, at least over two games just in case anything else happens crazy down the, down, the, down the line. Yeah, and when I say the Bulls are two games up, they are currently five and a half games up on Brooklyn. Brooklyn's the 11th seed right now. So there's a... That is a hefty cushion yeah. for the playing field. Now, at this point, nine seed, ten seed, I really don't care. You're right. in, the play. The play ends. The play in. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's just. I mean, maybe that's a very pessimistic way of looking at things. But right. it, the it could be the seven seed. You could be the ten seed. You're in the play-in. You're not in the playoffs. Right. Yeah. So that that's kind of how I'm looking at it. But if this is if this is their bar for success. Congratulations, Arturis, your executive of the year. Like that's yeah. I, I don't yeah. like the idea of settling. That's what it feels yeah. like. Yeah, me neither. I don't like the idea of settling at all. And I think, but you said that with this roster, with this uh, this team, I think that's what you kind of expect. Uh, that's the probably the best you could have got this year, even with maybe Zach healthy. And uh, you know, you take take it for now what it is, and maybe you know you shock some people in the playoffs, and you know, and make a name for yourself, and you just shut up all the haters. I don't know, including me. <laughs> Including me. <laughs> like, they're gonna I guarantee you because I have been making so many jokes about the play in tournament and competitiveness and continuity, I guarantee you 
they're going to go pull a Miami and make a run to the finals now. Hey, man, that's what, that's what we want them to do. <laughs> that's, that's what Arturis wanted to do. That's what he's wanted to do this whole time. Believe in Bulls. <laughs> I'm telling you, where's the little sign from Ted Lasso with believe? Just right. <laughs> where, where is it? Like, I I don't see it happening. I'm a realist, man. Like, this is. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be tough if it does happen. Yeah, I don't, I don't see them getting past uh, Boston or Milwaukee. So. No. No, and I don't, I don't think it happens because you're playing DeMar and Kobe so many minutes. Like, eventually yeah, yeah. that's going to wear on you. Yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah. Definitely DeMar, yeah. Yeah, the, and the, and let me let me put it this way. The fact that people are talking more about what are the Bears going to do with the number one pick than they are about the Bulls right now tells you where the Bulls stand in the news cycle. Yeah, and that's, like, that's and I mean, it's, a, <laughs> it's It's a Bears town for sure, but the fact that, I mean, that the, the Bulls are, they're there. That's what we yeah. that's what we were saying. They're just kind of there. They're going through doing their own thing. And right. they beat the Pelicans. They beat a shorthanded Pelicans team because they had a couple suspensions because of whatever happened over the weekend. That was an absolute mess. Yeah, yeah. And they so the Bulls took advantage of that. DeMar had the dagger. Uh, I thought Io had a good had a good day. Yeah. Like they they won a game they were supposed to win. Congratulations. And I mean, I'm just at that point where it's like, okay, cool. <laughs> On to the yeah. next one. Yeah, definitely. This is a game they were supposed to win, especially with, like you said, the guys uh, being out. But they got, like I said, they got to take advantage of every opportunity, and they can't let any game slip behind. And, and get anytime you get a, a victory in the NBA is a is a great one, especially on the road, uh, regardless of who's playing. Is you know, it's just confidence for that team for this for this young team too. Yeah, that's the thing. Give these young guys some confidence. And I mean, you're going into we're almost done with February. As crazy as that is, we're we're looking ahead to March already, which that yeah. means we're coming up on the madness, man. We're coming yeah, up on March. March. It's going to be so fun. <laughs> Selection Sunday's three weeks away. Man, this is such a fun. It's such a fun time of year. Yeah. And you know the Bulls are right now twenty-seven and thirty. They just cannot get over that five hundred mark. They get close and they just yeah. cannot get over that mark. But you're getting into an exciting time of year. You're going to have teams making playoff pushes. You're going to have teams looking ahead to the draft. And once you get to March Madness, we're going to start talking about some guys that we're watching. Yeah, the draft isn't. This is not going to be instant impact guys. I don't yeah. think this is going to be a lot of role players, but sometimes you can turn those into stars. And sometimes the, the drafts that people are down about turn out to be pretty good ones because they're pleasant surprises in here. And I think yeah. as we get into March madness, we're going to see some guys jump off the page. Oh yeah, for sure. That's always a time for, you know, when for big time players to step up and, and make a name for themselves. Even when we thought, you know, there was, no chance in heck they would probably be drafted, but now they go out and do a, a great NCAA tournament run and they put their teams in, in position and to, to win games and get deep into the tournament. So you never know uh, what new names can come up and what new guys can surprise you. Yeah, we're going to be keeping tabs on a few of them. And as the tournament comes around, I, I'm glad we have some time to get to this. Uh, big topic of conversation around all the basketball circles. It's been storming the court. So yeah. if, if you if you miss this and if you if you somehow miss this, I'm amazed that you stayed off social media. <laughs> the last probably 48 hours. Saturday afternoon, Wake Forest beats Duke in Winston-Salem. Wake Forest fans storm the court. Kyle Filipowski, who's gonna be a lottery pick, gets caught in the middle of the court storming. He hurts his leg. Yeah. And now everybody's saying court storming needs to be banned. And it, I mean, there's gotta be a way to control it because that was. That that wasn't how a court storming should happen. Right. It, yeah. it kind of it, it all happened quick. The entire student section came down right as the buzzer sounded. There were a lot of issues there, but people are calling for court storming to be banned entirely. Yeah. Where are you on this whole thing? 
I mean, I agree. I definitely think it should be banned. Like, you know, you see in the in the professional leagues that um, there's no fans on the court and players shouldn't be in the stands. So I, I think it should be the same way in college. Uh, we've got to protect these student athletes safety. Uh, but I think, you know, I don't know if it's going to change because, you know, the colleges are not putting a lot of money into security and you know, securing uh, the safety of those players. Uh, but which the players are your without the players, you have no business, you have no you know team, no no school, stuff like that. So you definitely got to protect them at all costs. And then uh, so, so, so something doesn't happen. You don't want anything crazy to happen. People getting fights and guys getting ran over and injured and stuff like that. So you definitely got to protect, uh, you know, both sides, the fans and the, and the athletes. See, this is I like the idea of court storming just because it's a college thing. You don't see it in the pros because it's. Yeah, yeah. It's a college thing, and that's a, that's yeah, a bunch of eighteen to twenty-two year olds in the stands. Like that's, it's a, it's a college thing. But between Flip, Filipowski this past weekend, Caitlin Clark last month, yeah, you've had some issues with basketball. Now in football, when Notre Dame beat USC, you had Caleb Williams and the Trojans were trying to get out the field. Notre Dame fans were storming the field afterwards. It was a big win, yeah. And I remember Caleb torched Notre Dame the year before. Right. And Notre Dame fans were taunting Caleb as he was trying to get to the locker room. Right. And there was an incident with Alabama, Tennessee, which was a couple of years ago. Yeah. So you've got it in football too. Yeah. It's a matter of how do you get these opposing teams off the floor? How do you get these guys off the floor safely? Not even just the opposing teams, the referees, the, anybody yeah. who doesn't want to be on the floor, right. off the floor. It comes down to having a plan. Wake Forest didn't have a plan. Yeah. I don't know why. They were favored by two and a half points. How do you not yeah. have a plan for that? I mean, I don't think there's a plan to really save the the whole course. I mean, I agree. It's definitely a college thing, and it's fun for college students to be able to do that, to root for your team and cheer your team on. But there's no safe way to get the athletes off the court in a, in a, a reasonable amount of time. Because as soon as the game is over, you know, they're gonna, they're coming on the court. So I can't see you waiting 30 seconds or waiting a minute, then storming the court. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. Well, you can wait. Like, I think John Shire put it. He was like, when he played, it was 10 seconds. What you do yeah. is you line up. You, you take your court, you line up security along the sideline where they shake hands. Yeah. Get security, you have, have security or have people lined up to get way. You shake hands and the, the opposing team just keeps going to the locker room. Like that way there's yeah. nobody going through there. They're all lined up. If you need to put barriers out there, do it. Like call a timeout. I think Steve Forbes even called a timeout. Yeah. yeah. With like up with like 1.8 left at that time, you can start getting people at the ready to start making a like a human barricade or something to just make yeah. sure the handshake line doesn't get touched right yeah so yeah, there's, I mean, there's protocols you can take yeah i definitely i definitely think there's protocols and definitely something needs to be had because like you said i don't think athletes should be getting injured should be getting trampled yeah. ran over and, and taunted you know taunting during the game and all that kind of stuff is fine because that's part of the game but you know definitely in someone's face then that's just calls for that's calls for a fight <laughs> no one's gonna let you taunt in their yeah. face and stuff like that so and, and talk, just talk crazy. So I definitely think it has to change, and uh, just for the safety of the players. Yeah, and I'm curious to see how this all changes because these these conferences have taken some like the SEC has upped its fines. Yeah. For court storming, that's not going to do anything. Yeah, they're, they're just going to pay all those fines. That's why they have all this money because they're not paying right. for security. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's 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 on the schools to increase security. It. Yeah. If you go back and listen to Seth Greenberg talk about it when he was at Virginia Tech, he's like, we had we had this plan in place when we played Duke, we beat Duke, we executed it. Like they, right. you, you got to have a plan and you've got to execute. And it just felt like yeah. Wake Forest for a team that was favored. That's yeah. the, it's not like this was a surprise victory. They were favored, right? By so, two yeah. and a half points. You should be prepared for this. Yeah, the athletic director should have had something ready. 
Yeah, like there, it was just no excuses. So I'm not, I'm not anti court storming. I mean, I understand why people want to ban it. I just yeah. don't know how you can. Like, how are right. you gonna? What are you gonna do? Like, it it's gonna be very interesting to see what happens. But again, this is that's what separates college from the NBA is you don't see this in the NBA. Right. You don't see, you don't see it in the professional level. This is definitely a college thing. It's one of my favorite things about college sports is the celebrations and all that. Yeah. And um, this is going to be something really interesting to see play out. I mean, granted, we're almost at the end of the season. So yeah, it's yeah. not, I mean, March Madness, you don't see this very right. much. Like once you get through the conference tournaments and stuff, even then you don't see it. Right. So yeah. next year is when we're really going to see, okay, what are they going to do about this? Right. And I, I just think it's an interesting discourse. I do. Yeah, I think so too. I don't think it's going to change anytime soon, but I definitely think it needs to change. Um, but yeah, it's, it's something that's going to be a probably ongoing topic until you know something bad or catastrophic happens, which we don't want it to happen. So we've got no. to look at changing it now. Yeah, no, and I'll be we'll we'll keep an eye on that and see what people are saying going forward. But going back to going back to the NBA, uh, the Bulls play a couple games this week. They got a back to back coming up Tuesday against Detroit, Wednesday against Cleveland. Both of those games are at home. And then, oh, great, on Friday they play on national TV. We know how much I love when they play on national TV. They play on ESPN Friday night. Oh, boy, that's going to be great. Uh, (laughs) But either way, 27 and 30 right now the Bulls are heading into this. We're almost into March. It's crazy. There's a lot to sort out, but they're heading. They're trending toward the play-in. That means they're trending on the up and up. Hang the banner, people. Hang the banner. <laughs> We're going to the play-in. Uh, that's a wrap for today's episode of Believe in Bulls here on the Believe. Now, we're presented by BetOnline.ag. Use that promo code BLEAV. Get that 50% bonus at BetOnline and buy our shirt. Jordan Pippen down here at the last stand. Shop.believe.com. CJ, another fun show. I'm I'm still playing a little hurt here, playing through this little head cold we got going. But, hey, we're, we're fighting through, man. we got no we're show coming through. up this week. We're fighting through this winter season, man. It is 70 degrees here, 68 degrees, and it's going to be snowy the next time we record. So that's just the nature of the beast here in Illinois. Uh, We will see everybody back here for Friday's show of the week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.